I can do what it says I can do. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word because it's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And so as we come to hear the word, I pray that the Spirit of God, who is the true teacher, will minister to us by your word and through the Spirit of God. As I step back, as we step back, we ask for you to step up so that everything that is said and done will bring you glory. And I pray that what I can't do, you do. What I can't communicate, you communicate. Most of all, thank you for an eternal change being made in our hearts. And I pray that in Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, we're in our third week. Everybody say third week. We're in our third week of our Survivor Series. And this is when we use our Sunday morning services in the month of uh, September to split them. Where our 9 o'clock service is for our married people, which is what you're in. And our 11 o'clock service is for our singles. And this allows me to minister to each group in a unique way. And here's why. It's like providing counseling to everybody in a structured setting. Amen. Now, last week we talked about drop the rocks. Just look at your spouse and ask, did you drop the rocks? And this lesson we dealt with the need for couples to resolve conflict in a healthy way. And one of the key verses that I use, it was Amos chapter 3 verses 3, which says, can two walk together unless they be agreed. And I stated that the only way that a couple can stay together, walk together, and live together is when agreement is present. Now, agreement is the goal of resolving any conflict. So if you didn't get a chance to hear that message, I want you to go on our website and listen to it. Now today, our topic is entitled, Appreciating Your Spouse's Differences. Appreciating your spouse's differences. And as you notice, we have Vanna White up here this morning with us. Vanna Connor, how's that? And uh, she's going to be sharing along with us because I just believe she has so much to offer in this area. Now, the focus of this lesson is to highlight... What's the problem? What's the problem? Keep moving. Go on, go on. Sarah Connor, the Terminator. We'll, we'll call her that. And the focus of the lesson is to highlight how the differences that God made between you and your spouse is meant to compliment you and not agitate you. Now, I'm going to rewind that one. The focus of the lesson is to highlight how the differences that God made between you and your spouse is meant to compliment you and not agitate you. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Proverbs 18. We're going to look in verse 22. And then Genesis chapter 2, verses 20. I'll say that again. Proverbs 18, 22. And then Genesis chapter 2, verse 20. While you're finding those, I heard a story about a man who had his buddies over to watch the football game. They noticed how nice his house was and complimented him on how things were. And he said to them, oh yeah, things stay straight around here. And he said with his chest stuck stuck out, I run things here. Men, just look at your wife and say, I run things here. (laughs) (laughs) But as he was saying that. Why y'all scared? His wife walks in. (laughs) You'll see why in just a minute here. While he was saying this, his wife walks in and he finished by saying, I run the vacuum cleaner, I run the dishwasher, and I run the washing machine. Now look at your spouse again and say, I do run things. In Proverbs chapter 18 verses 22, 
very past, very familiar passage of scripture, I think. It says, whoso finds a wife, finds a good thing, and then they obtain favor of the Lord. Just slow that down. My favor, your favor is tied into your good thing. Just remember that. Yes. Just remember that. I'm okay with that. And my favor is working right now. He said, if you find a wife, notice what he said about her. She's a good thing. Amen. Now, the word good, I love it because it means beautiful. It also means prosperity and wealth. And it also means to be well favored. So what he's saying is when you find a wife, you find a beautiful thing. You find prosperity and wealth and you find well favoredness for your life. Amen. Now go to Genesis chapter 2 because uh, I believe today's lesson is going to help you all as a couple work together. Because we're going to give some principles this morning that will help you regulate your relationship. Alright? In Genesis 2 verse 20 it says, And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a help me for him. Now, let me just throw this out. If you're not ready to help, you shouldn't have got married. Now, the word meet there, it means part opposite. Everybody say part opposite. It also means a counterpart. In other words, God made your spouse opposite of you for a reason. And this is not only part of his creation process, but it is by design and by his will And that's why it's best for your life. And most people don't realize that your spouse being opposite of you was God's will for you. You know, uh, in Genesis, when he said male and female, he created them. You know, the Hebrew word for male is ish and the female is isha. So you're similar yet different. You have the same substance, but not quite the same. So even from way in the beginning, God was very intentional very intentional and making sure that there are things that you could relate to, but you had to know that for us to work together, we were different at the same time. Now, how many of you received two puzzle pieces when you walked in? Did you receive that? Couples, all of you all should have gotten two puzzle pieces. And the reason we gave you those puzzle pieces is to help you see that the only way those two puzzle pieces could fit was for them to be opposite. If you notice, one piece may have a knob and the other piece may have an opening. And without the opposite of of them both, they wouldn't be able to stay together. And see, most of you all don't see that being opposite is a blessing and not a curse. Amen. Yeah, we used to we used to say this in Bible school. I think we were learning in the, uh, the class. It says if we are the same, then one of us is unnecessary. Absolutely. And that means that it was by design. Say design. By design. It was by design that God made us opposites. And if you haven't noticed lately, your bodies are opposite. Somebody's a receiver. And somebody is a giver. (laughs) Everybody say opposites attract. Now here's a take home statement that I want you to write down if you're taking notes. Here's a take home statement. Until you see your spouse as an asset, they will always be a liability. I'm going to say that again. Until you see your spouse as an asset, then you, they will always be a liability. Now I'm going to give you a take home thought on top of that. Because a lot of times, especially in Bible days, I don't know if you know this, but in Bible days, uh, uh, women and men weren't equal. They may have been as far as God's creation, but how they ran the world then, men were like uh, more important if you want to say it like that. So here's a take-home statement that I just want to give to the men. Position doesn't make the man better than the woman. It only makes him more responsible. Okay, I'm going to rewind that one too. Here we go. Position doesn't make the man better than the woman. It only makes him more responsible. Mm. 
Wow, more responsible. So Absolutely. the results that we have are res- the, the results of whose responsibility? That's right. Oh. You know, notice when Adam and Eve, when Eve ate the fruit, gave it to Adam, who did God go to first? He went to Adam. You know why? Because Adam was responsible. Amen. Amen. So men say, I am responsible. Yes, yeah, see there? Doesn't it feel great? So here's what we're going to do quickly. We're going to give you five steps to appreciating your spouse. Five steps to appreciating your spouse. They all start with A. Here's number one. Is that you have to accept who they are. Accept who they are. I love Ephesians 1, 6. It's one of my favorite verses. Because it says that God made us accepted in the beloved. And if God has accepted your spouse the way they are, then you and I must accept our spouses like, like they are. And not too long ago, my wife and I, we were in Atlanta. And uh, one of the few things I know how to do when it comes to shopping for my wife is I, I'm good at picking out shoes. I can do that. And, and jewelry. Uh, and tip, yeah, jewelry and shoes. And uh, yes. I'm pretty good. And so we were in this mall shopping. And, and I told her, you know, to, to look at some shoes. And, and I, I think the, the, the two or three pair that you, you got, I picked them. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the pastor friend and his wife that we were with marveled <laughs> of how I responded to Pastor Sowers' carefree expressions while shopping. Because when my wife is shopping, she has this carefreeness of herself. And they were sitting there looking at her, seeing what I was going to do. Because let me, let me emulate what Pastor Sara does when she's shopping. <laughs> so let's say she's putting on the shoes and she's... to a total stranger. What do you think about these? Do they look great on me? And they're sitting there. I'm not, that is how she does it. One time we were buying some Louis Vuitton luggage, right? She's, she's in the store like she's going on a trip. You know, most people, normal people, would just look at the luggage, open it up to see how much room is in it. Not past the sorrow. She does that last. She wants to see if the luggage looks good with her. So she gets the luggage out. And she literally walks around the store with the luggage. And my friends are looking because they think that I'm going to be embarrassed. Right. So I, so I was wearing the shoes and so you can sit on the, the speaker and, and act like how you were acting. So I was like, you like the, girl, come over here. Look at these. What you think? Talking to total strangers. And I'm like this. And he sits just like this. I'm just waiting for the bill. That's all I'm waiting on. But see, what my friends didn't realize is Pastor Sarah's always been like that. Okay, see, I know what I got up front. You see, the problem with some of you all is you got what you got up front. Now you want to take it back. There are no refunds to marriage. Amen. And so I, it was so funny because they kept saying to him, uh, Evan, uh, you okay with this? And I'm like, okay with what? You see, when I, I think what was what fun about it is, like you said, it's always like that. It's always, just always like Normal that. Normal to me. <laughs> but, he, you know, he just stays calm and collected. People wouldn't even know we're together because I'm like so out there. And then, you know, when they come and say, ma'am, here's your bill, I said, just ticket to him they go oh he's with you yeah. and see if you're visiting us or if you're new to the church the way i first encountered pastor sar is i was in my dorm room we were in bible school okay we're eight years apart so you know she's not 51 like me thank you not yet so i'm i'm in my dorm room 
I'm the first American that they let go to this school. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget, I was trying to kill this roach on the wall. I hit it, and it started flying at me. I'm like, I have never seen flying roaches in America. Anyway, I hear somebody real loud outside. Singing and yes, I was singing greeting and can you reach my friend? Oh no no no! You're the only one See, who can. You're ruining the CD right now. <laughs> you're ruining it. That's what I was. So mm-hmm. she was greeting and singing and praising and worshiping everybody that showed up. Hey, how you doing? I mean, right. and, and and I was by the window. I'll never forget. I didn't look outside. <laughs> but there, here's the thought, and God will tell you this is true. Here's the thought I said to myself. I said, I would marry, never marry somebody that loud. <laughs> Everybody say opposites attract. Amen. So here are two keys to accepting your spouse. Remember, the first point was you have to accept who they are. Here are the two ways you can make that happen. Number one, stop trying to change them. Amen. They're not your pet project. No. You know, and sometimes that's what we do. We get into these... These relationships and saying, I think I can improve them. And so they come in at version 1.0 and you start thinking, what's the better version? I'm in here to improve your life. And so you come in with this kind of narcissistic, arrogant attitude. And so that person can never do anything right because it's your job to Holy Spirit them and marshal them the whole time to make them more like you instead of making them more like Christ. And so then there's a conflict because you don't accept who they are. You accept who you have an image of who they should be. And in your mind, they're just raw material for your project. And here's why you have to stop trying to change them because how they are is who they are. How they are is who they are. Here's the second thing that you can do to accept your spouse. You must see that their primary personality is how God made them. So trying to change them is altering God's creation. I'm going to say that again. When you try to change somebody and their personality, then you're trying to alter who God has made them to be. Amen. And who are you? To change up God's creation. Now let me just throw this out because there's a difference between character and personality. Right. Character is based on principle. It's based on principle. It's basically, uh, that comes from what you do, okay? But personality stems from who you are. And so when you're trying to change somebody's personality, you're trying to change them from who they are. And uh, years ago, we were in New York... uh, well, we oh we were with Pastor Joel. Joel, we yes. were Pastor Joel Osteen in New York, and uh, we had some downtime, so we went shopping, you know. <laughs> and uh, uh, everybody has strengths, and then everybody has I don't want to call them weaknesses. I just want to call them less strengths. <laughs> okay, and character issues are meant to change, not necessarily a person's personality. And so we were shopping, and and. Uh, the way I shop is when I see something I like, I don't look at the price because the price shouldn't determine if I want it or not. How, if I like it should determine that. And then I look at the price to determine if I want to pay that. Most of the time, I just get what I like, I try it on, and I find out what the price is when I get up to the counter. Nah, pass aside back in the day. Back in the day, she is very price conscious. Okay, so we were shopping, and so finally I figured, you know what, let's use this as a teaching lesson. Okay, so what had happened is that we were in New York, and we had bought, you know, we went to the Lego store for Landon, Heaven was running Mm -hmm. all over Kingdom Come. Bought some for Landon, for Heaven, for other people, for me. Right, but I didn't buy anything for me. So he had asked me, where's my stuff? And I said... I don't, I don't need to buy anything. And he was like, well, why? And I was like, I'm not going into these stores and paying all that money for all this stuff. And so we are walking about five blocks, I guess. Mm-hmm. And in the walk, he decides to have a deliverance session on with me in the middle of New York. And I'm over here in tears, walking down, being healed and delivered as pastors dealing with my 
issues. Be- yeah, because I'm asking her why, why she liked that. Yeah, why, 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 did, why did you buy it for everybody else and you didn't buy it for you? And I was like, no, no, I already spent the money and already did it for heaven. And he was like, no, you need to buy it for you. And you bought it for so-and-so. And, you know, we went through this thing and I kind of tracked it down to, to a particular moment in time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, where my mom and I, you know, you know, we already had this awesome relationship. But I remember this one time I had asked her for some jeans. You remember? And I, I, well, you don't remember. You weren't there. But um, <laughs> and for whatever reason, you know, she was just on ten that day. And when I asked her, she just was calling me every kind of name. And you think this, and you think that. I mean, she, I mean, she you was cussing me out, like curse, curse words out. And I thought I'm never going to ask. I don't need to ask for anything expensive ever again. So I just, I just never did. Now, I didn't but, know that, okay? But, but I would do it for you, but I just wouldn't do it right. for me. Now, remember, the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. But so, I love my neighbor more than myself. Exactly. So then I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go into this store. What store was that? Saks. We're going to go in Saks, and you're going to pick some shoes up that you like. You're not going to look at the price. You're going to try the shoes on, and if you like the shoes... You are going to buy the shoes. With my money. (laughs) Exactly. If you like the shoes, you buy the shoes. So we got in sack. She's shaking and trembling like she's on steroids or something. (laughs) So we find these shoes that I liked. And they were hot. In fact, I think it was two or three shoes that day. It was five. It was five pair. Okay. (laughs) She done got broke free. Y'all see that already? It's working. So we get up there because I need her to appreciate who she is just like she appreciates who people are. So I'm like, oh, no, no. Evan's not going to buy all these shoes because she needs to appreciate herself. I say, so, babe, how many? I just made you buy buy one one. pair, right? I just had to buy one. Yeah, she only had to buy one and I bought the rest of them. Mm -hmm. But from that point on, here's my point. We're here to help our spouses and not hinder them. See, that helped her. Because what was happening is that the scripture does say, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And in a way, I was violating that scripture. And so there's a certain level of freedom and a certain level of confidence and a certain level of God esteem that was not able to come into my life because I was violating that principle. My character was choosing to go in contrast that principle. You say, is it a big deal? It is a big deal because you will always see yourself as less than. And as you, if you always see yourself as less than, then you'll always be wrong and they'll always be right. Mm-hmm. You'll always be little and they'll always be big. And so you'll never be able to stand in front of your spouse and be equal. You'll never be joint heirs. You'll never be you know, face to face because you'll always be the child and they're the parent. You're the student and they're the teacher. Mm-hmm. So there had to come, I had to break that. So in my life, there, then, then there would be the equal footing where the puzzle piece fits. It's not one puzzle on top of the other, but it fit together. You Amen. See? All right, here's number two. Here's number two. This is how to appreciate your spouse. Number two is appreciate their strengths. Mm-hmm. Appreciate their strengths. Because God has put a gift or gifts inside of your spouse that is designed to bring them success and fulfillment and when one succeeds in a relationship you both succeed amen amen i'm gonna say that again when one succeeds in the relationship then you both succeed so it doesn't matter who makes the most money it's not your money it's y'all's money right amen So, man of God, if your wife makes more money than you, don't feel bad about it because the Bible calls us joint heirs. That's why you ought to have a joint account. Well. Amen. So, it is hard to appreciate your spouse if you don't understand that God's given them the gift. Now, write down Proverbs 18, 16 because here's what it says. A man gift will make room for him and bring him before great men. And I was watching television yesterday and I saw a story that I thought fit just so good with this. And this is a real story. The lady's name was Evelyn Ryan. And she once was a successful newspaper columnist. And so she decided to stay home and take care of their 10 children. Her husband was a technician at the local machine shop. 
but was an alcoholic. And so at times he would spend his whole check on alcohol. So, you know, you know how women are. They want to make sure there's food on the table, there's clothes on the back. So she started looking through the newspaper and saw all of these different contests back in the day that companies would have, and they would give you prizes if you would win the contest. So uh, they were contests on writing jingles and slogans and maybe names of products. So she started doing that, and small things started rolling in. Money started rolling in. Prizes started rolling in. And it got to the point where she was able to make things meet. But then she got a phone call one day. And it was from the bank. And the bank, this is in 1965, and the bank said to her, uh, your husband mortgaged you all's house, and you all owe $4,000. How many know 4000 in 1965 is a lot of money? How many, many know, know 4000 right in 2016 is a lot of money? And they said, if you don't have this money in 30 days, you will be evicted from your home. Well, she didn't know what to do. And Dr. Pepper at the time had this big, massive uh, contest. And they had a slogan that you had to finish. Long story short, she entered the contest. Guess what happened? Out of 250,000 applicants, she won. She not only won the European uh, trip, she won the cash, which helped her catch the house up. And they spent 30 more years in that house. But my point is this. Her gift made room for her, and when you don't recognize your spouse's opposites, you may not realize that their opposite may be the gift that God wants to use in them to bless you all. Amen. Now, I think that people find it hard to let the personality of their spouses flourish because they are insecure. See, some of you all are personality smashers. You, you, you know, it, it, it's hard for you to let your spouse be them because you have insecurities. Now don't look yeah. at the spouse, just look straight up at me. Just look at me. <laughs> See, if you don't know who you are, then it's hard for you to let somebody be who they are. Right, right. And that's why you have to know who you are in Christ. That's why you have to know who you are in God. Because if you don't, then you will smash down the personality of the person. And the next thing you know, you both the prisoners. But I think too, when you, whenever you don't really just accept each other and the strengths that they bring, then you leave room for competition. Mm -hmm. And you find that there are spouses that will compete. And they're competing language like this. Well, I pay these bills. I pay this, this, and this. You only have to pay that. Right. Or the person will get a promotion and you start thinking, well, how much more money does that mean for you versus how much money does that mean for me? And a a real marriage is not going to be able to successfully navigate all the waves and all the crashes that may come if there's not permission to be yourself. If you don't have the permission to be who you are because... When you are securing God and you understand that we are a team and there's, we're not individual people running against each other, then there's no room for control and competition and insecurity. Because remember, you, you chose according to your esteem. So you got what you got <laughs> based because on, you got it. Based on your esteem. And so you, that, that's just the way it is. So you can both grow together or not. But I know for us, uh, one of the things that I think really helps is Having a person, especially Pastor Edmund, who's so confident in who he is and knows exactly what he's called to do. Because I know what I'm called to do. And he knows what he's called to do. And we can merge that together. We can work together. We can be partners and not individuals going on different things. And, you know, we have a commonality because we're okay with being who we are. And so I want to encourage you guys because there's too much times I see this happening where there's all these insecurities. And whenever there's insecurities going on, there's fights. There's arguments. Mm-hmm. There's just petty things. We get, we get angry over petty things. You didn't turn the tissue this way. You didn't turn that way. What, what does that have to do with anything? Who cares? You don't like the tissue that way. Turn it over yourself. Right. Why do you have to tell me? You, well, see, you in there with the tissue. Babe. See, when we got, when we got married, we got married for spiritual reasons first. Can you break that down, my brother? See, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't listening to the song, Oh, she's a brick house. My, my dad. Letting it all hang out. 
I wasn't listening to that song when I met my wife. One of the things that I wanted to know is what spiritual direction are you going in your life? Amen. Yeah. And when you and when you learn to appreciate your spouse's strengths, when you view their strengths as negative or as a weakness, then you will call them pity pictures or cheap. But when you see that as their strength, you will call them savers and good stewards. If your spouse always wants to shop instead of viewing them as wasteful or frivolous spenders, maybe you can see them as economy money circulators. I mean, if it was up to you, you would still be wearing those jeans from 25 years ago. They don't even make Braxton jeans anymore, do they? Do they still make Braxtons? How many know about Braxtons? Yeah, those are some old school. Those are the kind of jeans that you put a crease in them and they stayed. You had to walk like this. Here's number three. Here's number three. You must anticipate the need to cover your spouse. This is how you can appreciate your spouse. When you can anticipate the need to cover. In other words, when you know them, you should show them. I love Proverbs 10, 12. It says, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers. And see, my wife and I, we're detailed, but in different areas and in different ways. When we're leaving the house together, Evan Connor is going to make sure all the doors are locked because Sarah Connor is not. I believe in just everybody coming over. <laughs> Let's party all the time. Yes, I He's do locking not. everybody out. Right. Turning off all the lights. When we're going on a trip, I don't want nothing to do with the trip except for how much it is. All the details, she's going to take care of all of it. Going, she's going to take eating, where we're going, going it, what time we're going to get there, mm-hmm. how we're going to get there. Exactly. I got it down. Yeah. So we're detailed in different areas. But if you're so negative, you'll never see the strength that your spouse has. And, and all you do is keep fighting, fighting, fighting over, over the lights, Let me turning you. off. And it may be just a $5 difference. Listen. My goodness gracious. Pay the $5 for your peace. That's what I did after 10, probably 15 years. It takes him a while, y'all. It takes him a while. I would come in the house. And I'd be like, she left all these lights on. (laughs) And then I would count how many was left on. And then tell me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then when she would come on, babe, you left on eight lights. But I'm saying if you saw them, just turn them off. You over there counting. Turn them off. It bothers you more than it bother me. It don't bother me Let at me all. Let me tell you something. I, kept my, I keep my peace. I don't peace even care, frankly. Because I don't care now if the lights stay on or not. <laughs> I just believe God for the money. Amen. You're stressing so, yourself over stuff that you can just... You're fighting me, over me, unnecessary stuff. One. Let me tell them Back in the day, my Wait, wife would never lock her door what? in her car. That would bother me. And so one day, I thought I'd teach her a lesson. So she was picking heaven up from school. I drove by. I knew she had her car unlocked. Seemed a little controlling. So while she was inside, I opened up her door and just turned that car. I mean, I, I mean, I moved everything around. Pray for me, people. Pray for me. When she gets home, I was like, baby, everything okay? Oh, everything's fine. I'm getting ready to cook. And I'm thinking, did you notice your car? So finally... I said, babe, did you notice anything different about your car? No. Nope. She didn't even see that I messed it up. You over there stressing yourself about to have I an I said aneurysm. to myself, I will no longer stress myself <laughs> out whether she's going to lock the door. It's called insurance. Amen. Yeah, y'all pray for me. Anybody wants to rent him for a minute? No, no, wait a minute. Now, let me tell you what happened this past week. This past week, we were traveling. This is good. So we were getting ready to check out. You see, I had how, to, you see how love over here is covering his multitude of sins. No, I just no, no, make no, sure. no. This is good though. So, you know, we're detailed in different ways. So I had to leave the room to go secure some luggage stuff. And so I was going to come back upstairs, sweep the room and then get her luggage to come down. Well, she got her luggage herself and came down. And uh, I said, uh, did you check everything out in the room? And watch this. When I say cover you, anticipate covering them she says babe i left the door open so you could go back up and sweep the room no 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 
I appreciated that because she's recognizing my strength. He is a sweeper. He is a sweeper. So, you know, y'all know what sweeping the room means, right? I don't mean with a broom. I mean, make sure <laughs> all the cables are out and all that kind of stuff. So, let's, let's go to the next one. Yeah, let me see. What kind of weaknesses I have to deal with you? Well, keep going. Uh, <laughs> apply grace for mistakes. This is how you appreciate your spouses. Yes, that would be my strength. I apply lots of grace. Apply grace. For your yes, mistakes. and I say grace every time we eat. <laughs> Everybody say, you must apply grace. Apply grace. You apply grace for mistakes because perfection is only a perception. That's right. Not, I know you think yeah. you're perfect, but you, you're not perfect. No, and everybody's not going to get everything right all the time. And I think what irritates me the most, <laughs> this is me and not the Lord talking, is when, um, is when you said, when you said, um, when, when you do something, when a particular spouse does something, if you believe your way is the right way, and that's the only way to do it, it's not so. You may have a better way of doing something, but it's not the only way. It's really a different way. I don't think it's a better way. No, well, like, for example, in my case, I think, I think when it comes down to it, appreciating your spouse's difference, differences, you have to be honest. I think just get straight honest. Just baseline honest. Honest with yourself. I know what I'm weak at. I'm not good at finances. Okay? Don't want to be good at finances. He's like a boss. Like, I mean, he just slays those finances all the time. So I don't even stress myself over it. He has this yearly meeting to go over the vision and the budget and all. I don't remember none of what he says to me. He shows me where the insurances are in case he dies. If something happens where I'm supposed to run to, I have no recollection. You know, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, 22 years he's been having the same conversation. That's okay. I'm going to do an audio video Yeah, he's going to have something. He's going to text it to me after. Babe, if you're looking at this video, <laughs> I am dead. <laughs> Go to the secret place and go get our insurance papers. This but, is what you do first, second, third, and fourth. But I'm saying if, I, if, if he's expecting me to be a 10 at finances, he's always going to be expecting something that's not realistic. Right. And he's always going to create frustration and I'm always going to be berated and talked down to and beaten down because it's not a strength, a gift or a desire. And you're trying to make something happen. You're trying to make bricks out of straw and it's not going to work. And I can't make her feel bad because that's not something she's good at. But if it weren't for me, none of them would eat in that house. They'd all starve, dried up bones, just clickety, clickety, click like that. <laughs> so you got to know what you're good at. And allow your spouse and just and celebrate your spouse for it. And, you know, yeah, because I don't know how to cook. I don't want to learn how to cook. And, uh, you know, my pastor, one of my pastors, when I was getting ready to, you know, I asked him for some marriage advice. He says, marry a woman who could cook. So outside of being spiritual, that was my next thing on the list. Can you cook? Because if it's up to me, we're going to eat out every day. My little kids get me constipated and stuff. But I'm just saying... <laughs> appreciating appreciating your spouse means being honest with yourself you're not great at everything no you're not awesome at every single thing and here's the thing when you live life by the law then you need to dot every i and cross every t and some of you all in this room are like this and see grace makes room for mistakes the world's not going to end just because they didn't pay that bill on the day you gave them now, you might be walking around with a camera because the lights are out. <laughs> but most people, watch this now, they feel that anger, because it's, 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 it's possible to get angry, that anger is a sign of judging the other person when anger is just an emotion, say emotion. It's just an emotion that typically stems from just being disappointed. So even if you all have some conflicts, it's okay to get angry, but the Bible says be angry and sin not. Yeah, Don't let yeah. the sun go down on your wrath. And that so looks if, like when one is sleeping on this side and one sleeping on that side. Right. And there's a whole hump in the middle. And neither one of y'all sleeping anyway. Have y'all been mad? You can't go to sleep. Over here trying to touch your foot to their foot. You wrapped up, zipped up, put cold cream on your face and everything. Talking about tonight's not the time night because I'm not talking to you. And there are some couples, babe, in this room right now. Oh, 
who are on the silent treatment trip. This, that's manipulation and control and bullying. You're trying to bully him through withdrawal and withholding. And so you didn't get your way. They didn't do what you wanted. They didn't say it how you would say, you know, you can't be mature enough to take the kernel of truth. It has to know, turn on to them. And you're, I didn't like how you said it. Well, what did they say? Was it true? Okay, then be grown up enough and say, you know what? It was true. Let me just fix it. Mm. You're all too emotional in this stuff. Now listen. Made this stuff bigger than what it really is. If it's, if it's true, fix it. Work on it. Well, it's how they say it, babe. I know you I didn't have that, to say it to me like that. I was that, that way. This, this is me. This is me. Babe, you could have... No, no, let me tell you what I would do. I would find all the things. He'd come and say, sweetie, you didn't turn on the lights. And I'd say, well, well, you didn't turn them off last week either. And he said, but sweet, I'm bringing it to you. If you want to bring something to me, bring it on your own time. And I'd be like, well, no, 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 because you could have said it better. You could have said, sweet, I love how you cook. And I love how you um, plan our stuff. And I love how you do this. And then you could cushion it with the correction. But you didn't have to do it because my personality can't handle all that. <laughs> and then he just get frustrated. But then I grew up. And I realized it's not that big of a deal. I didn't turn off the light. Oh, I didn't turn off the light. Now, chances are I'm not going to turn it off next week either. <laughs> so turn it off. So, I mean, you just have to just not sweat the small stuff and not be emotional about it because you make it bigger and bigger and bigger and it's unnecessary. Now, does it give you a license to bully and to talk down to the person and be mean? No. no. Know yourself and treat each other according to the Bible. The Bible says, husbands, treat your wife as a weaker vessel, which means a prized vessel, the, uh, the more um, valued vessel. And, hu- and wives, respect your husbands. So we have, to, we have to speak to them with honor and respect. And honor doesn't mean, oh, thou great Lord of all. I would like that, though. <laughs> not going to happen. Not going to happen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Today, when the sun shineth, I saw your face rise above. No, you don't need to do that. But you don't need to, when they call on the phone, you'll be like, what? What? Uh-huh. What you want? Mm-hmm. Girl, my husband. You know not to be calling me at work. Bye. Those, when, yeah. Rolling your eyes while they're on the phone. So they're talking and you're just like this. You're being disrespectful. Even if they don't see, God sees. Yes. And at the end of the day, we want to please God. And so if you and I will do what we're supposed to do, we'll be honest with ourselves and say, hey, these are what I'm challenged in. And no, normally what I'm challenged in is what my husband's strength in. His strength is focus. His strength is strategy. And that's his top two gifts. Mine is just being loopy. That's my first, second, and third gift. Well, let, here's, here's a good example. Yesterday, she came and she said, Babe, we're good. now we got home at 12.30 Saturday morning. Oh, yeah. You know, she stays, you know, she's a late sleeper. And so she, when she gets up, she's like, Babe, we're going, the whole family's going bowling today. I'm like, Babe, can we, go, can we do that tomorrow? After church. Okay, good. That's okay. all right. So watch this now. She's the fun person. Because if it was up to me, we wouldn't do they, nothing. They never had no fun in this family. Okay. This family but, would be so but, structured and boring as all get out. They do the same thing. Me and Landon day, would love it. Every day, all day long. I don't have to leave the house. What is that? That That's was in the fine print. I didn't remember seeing it. But, but see, I got somebody who's going to force me out of the house right here, right? Yeah, because we But see, today. what we did, we both had to compromise. I didn't just say, I don't want to go bowling. No, I said, can we do it tomorrow after church? That way, now my focus is, you know, I've done my, my and ministry. And you got to do that because he'd really rather not do all of that this Sunday. I mean, the truth is he'd really rather do nothing on Sunday. But he's doing it for me because I wanted to do it yesterday. Only for you. So what I did was I went to Barnes and Noble and the mall instead. And whatever I was going to spend on bowling, I just did yesterday. So we could just group up today on bowling. Yes. (laughs) So let me show you how to apply grace. Yes, grace. Here's the take-home statement. Either apply grace or take their place. If you want all the cans and the labels facing in this direction, you do it. Buy you a label machine. You do it. If you tired of the toilet paper being rolled this way, then you, when you sit down, just change it over. Woman, you ever have this issue um, where your husband asks you for something like, like, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Anybody ever gets to have you seen? Yeah. And you're wondering, and you're wondering like why you have to keep up with the kids stuff and their stuff. Just so you don't know. They'll start keeping up with their own stuff. 
<laughs> now you have to ask the Lord to forgive you after Man, lying like no, that. No, no, I don't know. No, if you do know, you got to tell. If you do know, you got to tell. But I just stopped looking, so I don't know. So I just don't keep up with that stuff no more. I tell you how to do it, women. Just say, it's where you put it last. That's exactly what I said. Wherever you put it, babe. Wherever that's wherever it. it is. Okay. So I'll help you look, though. I'll help you. Though. I do help she you. She does. She helps me. I help you look. But I'm just saying, I don't stress myself because I can't keep up with everybody's stuff. I don't have the brain for it. I don't have the personality for it. I'm not going to kill myself. I need to be the Proverbs 31 woman. I need to do this, this, and this all day long, every day. It's not going to work. Something's going to suffer every day. Okay? The food's not going to be there today, or I'm going to be working today. But I can't work until the food. And the, no, something's going something's to win. You okay. really have to Give focus on making the person happy. At the end of the day. Because wherever that's lost, it's lost. Wherever that is, it ain't it. Yeah, At the end of the day. That doesn't mean nothing. Huh? Yeah, that stuff don't really. At the end of the day, yeah. you got to work it out with each other. Because it's really you two against everybody else. Right, we're partners. And see, the way y'all see each other sometimes is she on offense and I'm on defense. No, no, no. At least you're on the same right. team. But we're no, no, team. no. You both need to be on defense or you both need to be on offense because if you're fighting each other, it's a sign that you're in the flesh. Right. Now, just write down this verse and I'm going to pray for you. Galatians 5.22, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. But the living Bible, I love it, it says, but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Say self-control. Self-control. But when you read Galatians above that, it talks about the, the, the fruit of the flesh in verse 19 and 20. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified. It says, now doing these practices of the flesh are clear. They're obvious. They are immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy. Watch this. Anger, ill temper, selfishness, divisions. And then it even say party spirit here. Notice it says, when you're practicing in the flesh, one of them is strife, jealousy. Those are things that take place in a relationship. And some of you all are fighting too much over nothing. Let it go. I know it looks like y'all together right now. Everybody say, let it go. Hopefully, you can just kind of... I really want y'all to go home and write out what you know your spouse is good at and let them, and you write out what you're good at. You know, what, what God has gifted you with. Let me tell you what you're good at, babe. You're good. Well, I'm going to tell you what you're good at because some of the things I may think you may not have known I've noticed. Oh, Mm -hmm. let me write this down. Hold on. Pause. You're good at wearing those shoes I buy you. You're right about that. You're good at wearing them shoes. Mm-hmm. Good at wearing your You're great at cooking. I know that. Absolutely. Fantastic. <laughs> you are the best mom. I text this, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. You're the best mom. You're the best friend. You're the best aunt. Mm-hmm. You're the best sister. You're the best daughter. Right. You're the best mother. Because, see, if something happened to my wife, and God forbid that it does, I will spend the insurance money replacing her with a cook, <laughs> a cleaner. I ain't getting married. I'm just going to hire all the people that do all this stuff, help Landon with his homework, because I can't do that. She, you are great at helping Landon with his homework. I'm so glad that you do that, because I don't think I could pass the fourth grade right now. <laughs> Have you seen the fourth grade homework and stuff? I'm very creative. I'm very resourceful. I'm not finished. I don't get stressed in times of difficulty. She is a, a, an unconditional lover that of people. True. You true. mess up, she can let you go and act like you didn't do it. Yep. She is a great preacher. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. So with all those strengths, then you know what his challenges are then, right? What so, are they? Uh, if I'm unconditional, he's a little bit more hard to forgive. I'm easier to forgive. I'll forgive you, but it's hard for me to let it go. Yeah, yeah. he pouts more. Especially if you do it again. Yeah, me, 
You can keep going. I'll be like, Grace, Lord, your grace. I don't sing that song. But, Pat, you know, but I, <laughs> he don't. But, you know. Uh, but we feel like a puzzle. <laughs> we do, we do, we And do. if you come we against do. one, you're coming That's against right. both. And you won't hear me talk bad about him. You won't hear me uncover him. You won't hear me berate him in public. You won't hear me tear him down. That's not going to happen. That's just not going to happen. You're not going to be able to come and think that you can talk bad about me to him. And that's what you have to have in your family. You can't have your buddies talking bad about your wife. You can't talk about well, you, your wife bad to your, to your buddies. buddies. Right. And they'll be like, oh, you know, you're talking like, the, you know, the old lady, my old lady. We don't like being called that. So stop. My old lady said, like, like we threatening you at home, holding a knife to your neck. You know, you know, she's going to get mad. You know, we're not going to get mad. We don't even know what you're doing. Just be making up stuff with your friends. You know, so, you know, just, you gotta, you gotta, if you will repeat and pray the praises, you'll find that your emotions will eventually catch up with your confession. Mm-hmm. But if you're always harping on what you don't think they're not doing right and what they're not doing, your emotions is going to catch up with your confession. So I need you to begin to praise them for their strengths. Because I'm telling you, if you let's just do this exercise 30 seconds. I know we're over our time. Just sit down and start thinking of the things that are, are good about your spouse. What you like about them. Whether it's their eyebrows, the way they do their hair. Whether it's how they think. Whether you know they're good at teaching. Whatever it is that they do. The more you begin to think about that, the more actually affection begins to rise. Mm-hmm. The better you begin to feel about them. But whenever you begin to harp on the, the things that you know you think are wrong, then you're going to start feeling distance created. And that's what the enemy wants us to do. We fill the gap with negativity versus filling it with, you know what? I know their heart was right. Because you didn't marry somebody who's your enemy. You wouldn't marry somebody who's not for you. You wouldn't marry somebody who, you wouldn't have made a vow to somebody you didn't think that you were going to go forever with. So don't make the enemy make you think that you're enemies and that this person doesn't like you. Um, they're jealous of you and intimidated by you. Don't buy that lie. They're the same person you married. Right. If they were that bad, you'd have never married them. Exactly. Which now means it is your responsibility to go back and look on the inside and find what you, what you married. Stop looking at what you didn't marry and start looking for who you marry. And I promise you, when you do that, you'll start feeling what you used to feel again. So make sure. Did you receive that word this morning? Make sure you do that. Amen. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, normally in this time we do an altar call. And I'm only going to do one. If you're in this room and you die today, here's my question. Are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Because if you